What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello and good day to you, my friend. Welcome back to the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I'm JPB. This is episode 81, which is wild. We are getting up there. So immediately after recording last week's episode, I had more thoughts on the death of the diagnosis, and I still stand firm that my opinion aligns with a growing base of psychologists and researchers who are... um who see the the diagnosis as kind of an antiquated tool that isn't as useful as we once believed it to be. And it may even be detrimental in the way that it continues to stigmatize and further perpetuate the idea that some people have mental disorder or illness and others are quote unquote normal. So I had all of these thoughts, um, as I do immediately after I'm done recording. And I think about all the things that I could have added in. And I'm not going to go back and edit the whole show, it would end up being hours long. So I thought, you know what, this is, um, I feel like this, this is valuable enough that I would make another episode. So here we are. I will say this again, if you are human, and you're alive, you have had mental disorder. And so what is that? It is a lack of order or balance in your cognitive processes and or dysregulation of your nervous system function, which is just another way to say the same thing and include all of the parts of the nervous system rather than just the central nervous system, which is the brain and spinal cord. Remember, the body and brain aren't separate anywhere. We've just decided that they were at one point in the 17th century with René Descartes and his dualism theory, which led us to how we approach medicine and science now. Um, And we're kind of veering back and we've had these discussions. And so now look at the levels of disorder we are seeing in our societies because we have had because we have been practicing separating ourselves in this way into pieces and then wondering why we're depressed and anxious and stressed the fuck out all the time. Because we're only allowing a portion of ourselves to be acknowledged to exist. And that's just not sustainable. And we see that in our society, in cultures across the world, some uh, mostly Western, uh, with, you know, greater illness, because of the way that we approach things because of the beliefs that we hold because of the um, because of a lot of layers. And that's a whole other episode. So again, I am not a clinician, and I'm not giving out medical or mental health advice or medical advice here. I am providing information and insight from my background of education and experience. So take it or leave it. My hope is that whatever I'm talking about gives you something to chew on and maybe think about how it applies to your life and how you can exercise the agency and power that we all have within us to affect change in how we feel and how we experience this life. So coming back to the point here, last week's episode was all about the death of the diagnosis. And this week, I'm going to talk about the flip side and how there are some positives and and what I see there, because as with most things human, There is more than one truth attached here and allowing the complexities to exist together as they will with or without our agreement 
Uh, we can have a better, more inclusive and complex understanding of this information, which will serve us better in the end. So I'm going to share my personal experience with diagnosis. And it goes a little something like this. I was diagnosed with persistent depressive disorder and chronic PTSD almost five years ago. And this was the first time I had opened the door to counseling and therapy since I was a small child. And it's something I had thought about consistently for about 10 years and just never took the action steps needed. Um, I just wasn't ready. I think about, you know, I could have maybe reached the place I'm at sooner, but that doesn't matter because I didn't. So here we are. My reaction to these diagnoses were multi-layered. At first, I felt like I had a confirmation of how fucked up I was from the events in my early life. I also felt like I finally had an explanation for why I literally couldn't stay awake. I had self-diagnosed with hypersomnia because I literally could not stay awake. Friends used to joke about how I would just come over to take a nap. Um, I would be in the middle of a conversation with someone and unable to stay awake, which seems ridiculous now, but it was super embarrassing and frustrating at the time. Um, when I was younger, teachers in school thought I was on drugs and I was, you know, got sent to the counselor to talk about these things, which I was not at the time. And I remember I had an hour commute home from work in my mid twenties and I would be driving home, falling asleep at the wheel. And I had the windows down, the radio up. I was singing along to whatever music. I was, you know, smoking a cigarette, drinking energy shots, doing everything that I could think of to stay awake and still falling asleep. I think about how frequent that was. It was every day. And I'm incredibly grateful that I'm still here alive so that I can talk to you. Other signs of my nervous system dysregulation that I didn't know were symptoms of unresolved trauma. And these, you know, diagnoses that I received, things that the diagnoses helped me explain or have, have, a, have a reason for these things. Why I had explosive anger and irritability. Why I was always needing to defend myself and explain myself. Why I had chronic low self-esteem and hopelessness. I guess it was a steady shift back and forth between hopeless and apathetic, I guess. I had chronic digestive issues that would keep me up at night and a whole list of other ailments. When I, when my husband and I were first dating, he would actually joke about this list that he was keeping of the things that I thought were wrong with me every time I would self-diagnose based on the myriad of symptoms I was having, you know, later to find out they're like, oh, okay, there, there's a reason for all of these things. Because it got to the point where I really was like, am I am I a hypochondriac? Am I just making these things up? Like, am I imagining these things? And I know that I'm not alone there. And so having some kind of explanation that's not just like, there's something wrong with you is, is beneficial. And that's where I wanted to kind of bring the, bring this, this perspective into the diagnoses. Um, so major depression, depression causes um, serious, persistent feelings of sadness and other symptoms that make functioning or enjoying life very difficult. This is kind of one of the definitions. And then persistent depressive disorder is milder, but more chronic and lasting form of depression. It's um, anything that lasts for a significant amount of time over two years. And so my reaction to this definition is now is kind of just like, no shit, it's going to be persistent and long lasting when there is no addressing the issue. 
if you just keep pretending it's not there or trying to put a band-aid and cover it up or not getting to the root of the problem, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. And then people are told that it's a chemical imbalance in the brain and that's just how it is. And I am so grateful to know about the brain and have the understanding to reference for myself and now to be able to share these things with anyone who will listen with you. Um, And I will just keep talking about this until forever, I hope. Because yes, these things occur from chemical imbalances, but everything we do affects the chemical balance in our systems and the mapping of our nervous system and our brain patterns. We have much more ability to affect change in our neurochemical balance than we are told when we are when we receive these diagnoses. So ultimately, I felt like I had some answers. And then I thought, okay, now what? What can I do here? How can I participate in this? And that's when I started looking further into the stress response and chronic activation of the stress response system and nervous system dysregulation. And now all these things, you know, how they present with symptoms of depression and anxiety. So this is where I'm at now with diagnoses. I believe they can be useful if we allow them to be, and they can be detrimental if we allow them to. Remembering that the meaning we assign to things matter, and we are allowed to assign whatever meaning we want to any and everything. And immediately when I say that, I have (laughs) have this thought in my head that says, yeah, uh, that's what crazy people do is just make shit up (laughs) and live in their own world. And then I think about all of the brilliant scientists and doctors and artists and change makers in history who were thought to be crazy until after they died. And now we celebrate them as innovators. So maybe marching to your own drum is what we should be doing in a culture and society that functions or has a lack of function in the way that ours does. So the question is, what are we going to do with the diagnosis? We know that here in, especially in the United States, we prescribe meds and that's kind of the go-to. We learned in the last episode that that is to ensure that the $11 trillion health insurance industry gets paid. And to be clear, I'm not anti-medication by any means. They serve a purpose, but if antidepressants work to cure depression or anxiety, we wouldn't have a considerable percentage of the population on these medications for the long term. We're not addressing the underlying issues with these. It's a bandage in a lot of cases that, again, can be useful, but generally is not, it's not when it's used as a standalone tool. What else are we doing to address the issue, the root cause, what is causing these symptoms? So my choice with my diagnosis was to ask, what do I do with the information I'm given? And then what comes next? And this is where nervous system regulation comes in. Your brain and nervous system are such incredible creations that they adapt and learn from what you do with intention. And this shifts the chemical messengers that are sent between the different systems of the body. And when this chemical language changes, how you function changes, how you feel changes. What you do makes a difference. But like all things, shit takes time. Nothing happens overnight or even in a week or or six weeks. Measure your progress in one to two years and focus on your effort and consistency. That's when you'll see changes. When we give up because it didn't work right away, and then we convince ourselves that nothing can help us, we end up in a dark place, and I'm here to tell you to just keep going. The more you adjust your routine and build your awareness and intention around how you want to participate in your life, in your well-being, 
The more your body and brain listen, the more that they will reshape themselves accordingly. Give yourself the time that you deserve. And while you're at it, throw in a little bit of grace and kindness. Because we know that that internal stress that comes from the shame and criticism and judgment is not helpful. It is only further detrimental. And in this life, we just don't have time for that. Let's just go ahead and leave that behind. It's easier said than done. But with work, with time, we can. So my challenge for you this week is to notice what is working in your routines and what needs adjusting and then actually adjust. But with little baby steps, remember that overhaul of your life thing is not going to work because your nervous system is not going to allow it. It's too too much too soon. So just notice what is working. Notice where you need some adjusting and then make a small adjustment and see how that goes this week and carry it into the next. All right, my friends, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you endlessly every week. I'm like a broken record, but so sincerely, I am grateful that you spend your time and attention with me. I know you could be doing anything, anywhere, and you choose to be here. And hearing from y'all about how this is useful for you and, and how you enjoy it and how you can apply it is just... I don't, I am, (laughs) I'm not great with, with words. It's humbling and it is, I am honored to be able to show up here and um, continue to do this. And so thank you for sharing all of those things with me, my messages, email, DMs on IG, all the things they're always open. I love hearing from you. I love knowing who is listening and um, because, you know, I'm just talking to my microphone in my apartment. So knowing who's out there is super cool for me. So anyways, thank you. I hope you have a beautiful week. Until next time, JPB out.